Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. How well do you truly know who Jesus Christ is? Do you have an intimate, vibrant, and growing relationship with Jesus? Does Jesus and the name of Jesus flow out of you on a regular basis? Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 4 and look at this incredible opportunity to know who Jesus Christ really is. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Friday morning here in Texas and uh, hopefully y'all doing well, just uh, loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, growing to know who Jesus really is, uh, drinking in the living water of Jesus Christ, drinking in eternal refreshing in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We gotta, we just have to have more Jesus in our lives. Um, we were in uh, Armando, I'm sorry, we were in, uh, in Mozambique. Um, my brother Jesse and I, Jesse's an elder at the uh, Kingdom Discipleship, and uh, Armando was hosting us. And uh, the theme of the last visit was more Jesus. I think it's Mosh Jesus, Jesus, right? Mosh Jesus, right? More Jesus, right? Um, we need more Jesus in everything. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Got my wonderful coffee here in my Market Street. That's a nice grocery store by where I live. You, you spend about, um, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred dollars in groceries and you get this wonderful mug. So I figured I'd use it. Thank you, Jesus. That's coffee. All right. Well, we're in John 4 and we're working on the uh, the story of the woman at the well. It's just a it's an incredible story. Uh, it's a profound story. There's just so much to be learned, you know, through this encounter that Jesus has with this woman and all that comes of it. And you remember the important part of it is we did the first part last time. Um, you know, it said that Jesus had to go through Samaria. Um, and we talked about how Jews would would not associate. They actually despised Samaritans. They looked down on them. Um, they actually were racist towards Samaritans as well as prejudice. Um, and we talked about how we need to, to get these areas of our own lives, that if you have racism, obviously that needs to be cleansed. Jesus shows here that he never has that, right? It's wrong. It's sinful. And, and the solution for it is Jesus Christ. The solution for all sin. See, now, now you got me going. Uh, the only solution for all evil, racism, social injustice, all the problems we have, okay, in our country, the only solution is Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the only solution for sin, okay? Racism is sin, right? To look down on another race is sinful. To think you're superior to another race is sinful. To think that another race is below you is sinful, okay? Now, um, most of us, okay, uh, many of us are not racist, okay, but most of us have different areas of prejudice in our lives, and we talked about that, and we need to work that out of us as well, okay? Um, we're going to learn in this story that, you know, that the disciples wouldn't even have spoken to this Samaritan woman, and again, because the woman would have been known as a half-breed, a Samaritan was someone who was half Jew, half Gentile, 
Okay, and we talked about how there are only two types of people in the Bible, Jews and Gentiles, those who are Jewish and those who are not. And if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. Um, I'm a Gentile. So I'm Polish Lithuanian, right? That's my makeup. I'm 50% Polish, 50% Lithuanian. Um, thank you, Lord Jesus. Those two countries are in Europe, uh, Poland and Lithuania. So whatever our heritage is, Jesus Christ loves us all. Okay. God really does love us all. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, the son of God came and entered the world so that we would be redeemed, so that we would be saved, so that we would have eternal life. So we see Jesus here, you know, willingly going through Samaria, right? It says he had to go through. It's not that he was forced to go. He was led by the spirit of God to go through Samaria. And we're going to find that the whole town is going to give their lives to Jesus Christ when he goes through there. And most Jews wouldn't even have went through the town, as we said. Jesus is full-blown Jewish, but yet he doesn't look down on those who are not. Okay, And it's just a tremendous example that we shouldn't consider ourselves above anyone or anything. Okay, And that's what it means to be like Jesus in this context. It says he had to go through Samaria. He's clearly willing to go through. He intentionally goes through. He sits down, as we talked about last time in verse 6. And it says that he was tired from the journey. Or in John 4, and in verse 6, it says he was tired from the journey. And sometimes we just get tired from the journey of life, don't we? He sits down. It says a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus says to her in verse 7, will you give me a drink? And he tells us that his disciples weren't there. They had gone into the town to get food. You remember in verse 8, the Samaritan woman basically says to him, why are you talking to me? Why are you even talking to me? Why are you asking me for anything? We don't talk. We don't associate. As you see in verse eight, it's, uh, verse nine, it says, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. But apparently, again, Jesus does not know this rule and it doesn't apply to him because Jesus will associate with anybody. Okay. The key is, do you want to associate with Jesus? Do you have a heart to spend time with Jesus? Do you want to know Jesus? Okay. Again, there's nothing more important in this life. So that's a review of what we did last time. Um, and so today um, we're going to pick up and we're going to start in verse 10. And I'm not sure how far we'll get. I'm going to read until uh, I'm going to read until I think verse 18. So we'll go ahead and pray and then we will get rolling. Well, Father, we do thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the living word of God. We thank you for the holy scriptures, Father. We thank you for the refreshing washing of the scriptures, Father. We thank you for the, the spiritual life that we get, Father, from, the, from our Bible, from the word of God. But Father, above all, even above that, we thank you for the Son of God, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the incredible example you give to us here in these, uh, in these scriptures, Lord, of, of how it is we're to handle ourselves and, and, to, and to love people and to not think ourselves above anyone, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. All right. Last time we got through verse 9. I'll read verse 9 again. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with in the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the woman's going to respond to that and she's going to get, you know, her attitude is going to shift when Jesus explains to her, you know, the the situation she's lived. She, she, uh, she is living in sin. And we will notice there that Jesus does confront the sin in her life. And certainly he will and does confront the sin in our lives, right? And you saw that she had a little attitude there. Um, are you greater than our father, Jacob? She's basically saying what? I mean, who do you think you are the way you're talking, right? Our father, Jacob, the great patriarch, gave us this well, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and hers. And you're telling me I don't even need this water? I mean, who do you think you are? And again, we'll get into that. But Jesus, Jesus never responds to her. Like right away, when she says in verse 9, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Right? We talked about it last time. She's saying to him, what do you mean? Why are you even talking to me? We don't talk. You know, why are you even talking to me? And we talked about last time that most of us would have been defeated there. By defeated, I mean we would have got upset with the disrespect. You know, Jesus makes a very reasonable request. He's tired. It's been a long day. Will you give me a drink? And he's got to have this lady giving him the rules. Right. So he does not get upset. He does not respond in anger. And that's an incredible example for us. Don't you want to be like that? Don't you want to be like that? May I do? You know, Scott, when you make a reasonable request, you come home, it's been a long day. You ask the wife or kids just for something reasonable and they just shut you down and say, why are you even talking to me? We don't talk. How do you respond and when it's when it's a long day and you're already tired from the journey of life? You notice Jesus is willing to give this woman what she needs, even though he doesn't get what he wants. He simply asked for a drink of water. 
But it doesn't matter because as you can see, his concern is for her. And that'll open up later down in the scripture as well. And he's using this as an opportunity to draw her to him. Now, she clearly tells him that you, you shouldn't even be talking to me. You don't ask me for anything. But because that's not biblical, that might have been the tradition of the time, but it's not biblical. Jesus, Jesus doesn't pay any attention to it. There are a lot of traditions in our life and even in the church that aren't in the Bible. Okay. Tradition is not biblical. Okay. We need to follow the word of God, Jose. From Genesis to Revelation, our lives are about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, Chloe, and the Word of God. That's the focus of our lives in every manner and in every way, Rachel, right? So because the tradition is not biblical, because it's not, it's not based in the Word of God and in the Scriptures, Jesus doesn't pay any attention to it at all. She says, why are you talking to me? And he says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you'd have asked him and he would have given you living water. This is his response to her saying, we don't associate, we don't talk. Why are you talking to me? He answers her and says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink. Jesus is saying that same thing to you today and to me. If you knew the gift of God, first, do you know the gift of God? Do you know the gift of God in Jesus Christ? Have you come to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, Nick? Have you called on Jesus and asked him to come into your heart, to be the Lord of your life, to save you from your sin, to bring you to heaven when you die? If you knew the gift of God, this is John 4.10, he tells her, if you knew the gift of God, the Bible has promised, Romans 3.23 says to us that, that every human being is sinful and falls short of God's standard. Every one of us is sinful and we need a savior. And there's nothing we can do to take away our sin. Because of our sin, we have a debt to God and that debt can only be satisfied by death and eternal judgment separated from God in hell. But yet he has made provision. The son of God came and entered into this world, lived a perfect life for you, Kristen, died a perfect death for you. And if you'll go to Jesus, if anyone will go to Jesus, Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. If you'll go to Jesus, acknowledging your sinfulness, acknowledging your hopelessness, acknowledging your helplessness, and throw yourself at the foot of the cross, throw yourself at the feet of Jesus and call out to him and explain to him, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinful person. I know I cannot save myself, Lord. I know I'm helpless. Lord Jesus, I need you and I ask you humbly to come into my heart. Jesus, I ask you to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me 
and to be my everlasting Lord and God. If you'll call on him, God has given his word that you'll be saved. Now remember, it's not the words that save you. It's Jesus Christ that saves you. But the words are the vehicle we use to call on him, right? To call out to him in, in, in our desperate need of him. Mm. If you knew the gift of God, do you know the gift of God, Jesus Christ, today as your only Lord and Savior? Now, let, now, maybe you do know him as your Savior. You are a Christian today. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, we really don't know who it is. We, we don't really know who we're dealing with. Because if we knew who we were really dealing with in Jesus, full-blown, almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God, right? God the Son. We don't really know who we're dealing with. Even as Christians, we don't really know who we're dealing with. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. To really know Jesus, if we really knew Jesus, we would call out to him more. The more we really know who it is we're dealing with in Jesus, the more time we would spend with him, the bigger heart we would have for him, the more we would be devoted to him. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, how much time do you spend talking to Jesus? How much time do you spend fellowshipping with Jesus? How much time do you spend talking to others about Jesus? Because if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you grow to know Jesus by spending more and more and more time with him. And the more time you spend with him, that's how you grow in any relationship, right? The purpose of, of our existence on earth is that we might have growing relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, beginning with receiving Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul, and then moving on to growing intimacy and relationship with each member of the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're all God. They're all individual beings, all full-blown God. They're all one in the fact that they are God, they're always on the same page. Because they're all God, they know everything. They can't learn anything. Make sense? Your life and my life is about growing to know them. If you knew the gift of God, Lord Jesus, I ask you to help us that we might know you, that we might truly know the gift of God in a more meaningful and substantial and powerful way. Help us, Lord Jesus, that we might know you more. And out of that knowing, we might come to you and ask you and, and thank you and spend time with you, Lord. And Lord, we do ask you to give us living water, Lord. We want the living water of the word of God, the living water of the spirit of God. Holy Spirit, we just ask you for living water in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him. See, the more we know Jesus, the more we'll ask him for not only things in this life, but eternal things, right? And he would have given you living water. Jesus said, Asks and you will ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And that means keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. And it will be given to us. Look at she says to this. So we just went through just the profound depth of what Jesus was talking about here. And look at her answer to this. Verse 11. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? So we just went through verse 10, you know, and we broke it all down as to what Jesus was saying. And you notice her response is a completely physical and natural response. He talks to her about this tremendously spiritual principle, but like us, all this woman can think about is the natural. Jesus is speaking about incredibly heavenly spiritual principles. And the woman says, sir, the woman said, number one, you have nothing to draw with. The woman's saying, listen, man, th th there's nothing you can do for me. You can't help me. I mean, I don't even know what you're talking about. You're going to get me some of this kind of living water. You ain't even got no bucket. Certain woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. She looks at Jesus and says, you can't help me. You, can, you ain't even got nothing to draw with. Matter of fact, you need my help, buddy, because I, I got the bucket. So many today, if you're in that place today where you would say to Jesus, you can't help me, <clears throat> he can help you. Even as a believer, oftentimes we don't have the faith to believe that Jesus can help us. He can help us. We may not understand it. Like this lady, we often may not understand what he's doing in our life or how he's doing it or what he's saying, but he certainly can help us and desires to help us. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Jesus doesn't need her bucket, right? Jesus doesn't need anything. Jesus can do anything. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need her help. Where can you get this living water? That's what she asks him. So you see, that's the second time now that she's, uh, she's contradicted him. That's the second time she's been contrary to Jesus. And sometimes when, when, when we're frustrated, remember, this woman has been used up by five men. She's been hurt and put away and divorced by five men. And now she's being used up by another man. And so she's hurt. She's bitter. She's frustrated. She's angry. She's alone drawing, drawing water in the heat of the day, which many scholars say it's because the reason she's there at noon, um, you know, we, we learn that um, in verse six, it says it's the sixth hour. In biblical time, um, the day started at 6 a.m. That's the beginning. So the sixth hour would be six hours from 6 a.m., which would be noon. And scholars have said the reason that she's there alone is she's been ostracized because of her uh, immoral lifestyle. So she's hurt. She's frustrated. She's bitter. Um, but once again, you notice that Jesus doesn't get angry. He doesn't own the disrespect. What would we have said there? Again, it's been a long day. You've asked this woman for a drink of water. She hasn't given you the drink of water. She tells you that she shouldn't even, you know, you, you shouldn't even be talking to her. She shuts you down saying, we don't talk. You got nothing to say to me. But 
Jesus lovingly puts that away and then gives her this. If you knew the gift of God, it doesn't make any sense to her at all. She doesn't know who he is. And so she responds to that by saying, what are you even talking about? You can't help me. You ain't got no bucket here. I'm the one who's got the bucket. So what are you even talking about? So by this time, again, most of us would have been defeated. Again, we would have been frustrated with this lady. We would have been irritated with her. You know, we would have lashed back out at her. Um, we might have said, all right, lady, whatever. Just just take, just have a good day, all right? But he doesn't do any of that. Now look what she says in verse uh, verse 12. And this, this is kind of capping off her, her frustration with Jesus. Verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? What's she saying there? When she says, are you greater than your father, Jacob? It's clear. When she says, are you greater than our father, Jacob? Jacob is this incredible patriarch. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac, the son of Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation. Jacob himself gave us that well. And he drank the water from it. As did also his sons and his flocks and his herds. Are you greater than him? What's she saying to Jesus? Buddy, what are you even saying here? Who, who do you think you are the way you're talking? You're talking about the fact that I don't even need this well. You're saying you're greater and you can give me something better than this well who came from Jacob himself, the great man of God? What would you have said there? Because I think I might have said, um, lady, as a matter of fact, I am greater than your father, Jacob. Matter of fact, I created your father, Jacob. Matter of fact, I created his daddy as well in Isaac, and I created Abraham. It was me who chose Abraham. Matter of fact, you know, it wasn't Jacob who gave you this well. It was me because I created this whole earth. I created the universe. I created the breath in your lungs. <laughs> yeah. See, she don't know who he's dealing with. She don't know the gift of God and who it is that's really talking to her. He is greater than Jacob. But again, Jesus is just so cool, y'all. I mean, he never gets upset. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't get off put, right, Lauren? He doesn't get frustrated with her. And he never responds to any of her, her pointed irritation. Why are you talking to me? He doesn't pay attention to that and continues the loving dialogue. You can't help me with this. You ain't got nothing to draw with. I'm the one who's got the bucket. He don't respond to that. Are you greater than our father, Jacob? I mean, who do you think you are? The way you're talking doesn't respond to that. Do you see how almost all of us would have been defeated if we had this encounter? Because when it's been a long day and we're tired from the journey, we often don't respond well. We almost never respond well. But not, not Jesus. Again, there's no one like Jesus. That's our king, man. That's just, that's just our king, Lord Jesus. We just love you. He, he never, ever will meet her on her ground, right, Rick? He'll never meet her in the place of her frustration or her irritation or her anger. He continues to lovingly give her the truth. Because remember, by the end of this story, 
this woman's going to bring the whole town to Jesus. If it was you or me, we probably send this woman away in even worse shape than she came. We might have gotten angry at her. We might have shouted back at her, right? We might have been sarcastic back to her, right, Tom? Um, I mean, who knows what we would have said? Not Jesus, though. He is greater, obviously, than, than her father, Jacob. But again, he doesn't, he doesn't answer her question, where can you get this living water? He doesn't deal with the previous one that says, how can you ask me for a drink? He doesn't deal with the, are you greater than our father, Jacob? He doesn't answer any of those questions. Because he's not going to, he's not going to, He's not going to engage the conversation in an unproductive way. Stephen, imagine if you had the love of Christ in your heart and, you know, you were not going to engage a conversation in an unproductive way. You were going to continually meet the person that you were talking to, like Jesus did, where they are according to their needs in love and in mercy. Lord Jesus, we just want to be like you, and we ask you to help us, Lord, and we ask you to forgive us where we're not, Lord. Golly, Lord Jesus, we want to be like you. Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's her answer to the, where can you get the water? Or uh, you got no bucket, the well's deep. And I don't know who you think you are, buddy. But you're talking a big game here. Jesus answered, whoever drinks this water will be thirsty again. So that was verse... 13, Jesus is clearly now telling the woman that the water in this well that you got from your father Jacob, and he drank from it, they, they, they all kept getting thirsty, right? You keep chasing after this earthly things, and that's really what we all do, right? We all, you know, if you look down in 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He's speaking to her about the most profound principles of the inner life, of the spiritual life, of the heavenly life, of the eternal life. And all she can think about is, you know what? I don't like coming here every day, having to draw this water, getting thirsty. Again, we, we are consistently running after the natural where Jesus is trying to consistently introduce us to the infinitely more profound spiritual blessings in life. Again, she's looking to satisfy a physical situation with her physical thirst and all that goes into drawing, you know, having to come here, right? Verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty. I'll take it. I can't stand having to come in here every day and bring my bucket and coming outside and dealing with this whole situation. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, verse 13. When we continually chase only the things of the physical world, we'll never have enough, right? We do, by the way, you know, one, one sip of water, 
physical water. You have to have it all the days of your life, right? Or you'll die, right? Isn't it said that you can you can go without food for how many days, but you can only go without water for like, I don't know, two days or something, three days. I'm not sure how long we can go, but it's not long that you can go without water, without dying. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him. Are you drinking the water that Jesus gives, May? Are you drinking the water that Jesus gives, Rebecca? But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You want to be drinking of Jesus more and more and more and more. Are you drinking of Jesus? We always talk about it, right? Are you spending time, Melanie, living for Jesus, loving for Jesus, giving for Jesus, and forgiving for Jesus? Are we spending time growing to know Jesus? You, are you spending time in your Bible, in the living word of God, being washed in the water of the word of God? But whoever drinks the water I give him, it can only come from Jesus. The only water that will cause you never to thirst in the spirit is the water that comes in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ, and actually is Jesus Christ. Do you have the water that is Jesus? But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. <laughs> Look at the way this guy talks, right? He's not petty. He doesn't get angry with all her, her frustrations. He's just... Jesus is telling her as clean as can be, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. All of our natural and physical pursuits, they'll never satisfy us. The natural things will never satisfy you and me, but whoever drinks the water Jesus gives, that will satisfy your thirst in this life and the next. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. It's not just a sip, right? You don't just take one sip of Jesus or just say, I prayed to receive Jesus. You continually want to go to Jesus to be refreshed, to be refreshed. And in that, you'll stop thirsting. The more we go to Jesus, the more, we'll, the more our satisfaction will be in him and the less we'll thirst for the things of this world and of this life. Do you see that? Golly, Lord Jesus. Wow. The woman doesn't see any of this. She will, though, which is exciting. And we'll get into that in the next teaching. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Again, all she sees in this is the natural. She has no concept to see into the spiritual. Jesus is continually drawing you and I into the spiritual life, into the eternal life. Remember, eternal life is not just a quantity of life, but a, a quality of life. He tells her in verse 16, and look where he goes here, because her sinful life is something 
that, that he is going to address. And whatever the sin in our life is, Jesus is going to address. He told her, go call your husband and come back. Now, obviously she knows that, uh, he knows that she doesn't have a husband because of what he says later. She says, I have no husband, she replied. And we're going to pick up here later. We're going to go ahead and pray and end this. You can, Jesus is going to say to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. You notice how he says, that's the first time he says what you've said is quite true. Because everything else she has said is not correct. How often we say things, foolish things, that... Uh, that are not true. And we're going to get into it next time that Jesus is going to, going to speak to her about her immoral lifestyle, but he's not, it's, that's not going to prevent her from being used by Jesus. And we're going to get into that next time. So father, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you, Lord, for this just incredible, incredible encounter of Jesus with the woman at the well. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the just overwhelming, profound example you are to us. Lord Jesus, I confess that, that I would have been defeated. I would have gotten frustrated with this woman. I would have gotten irritated with the fact that she just couldn't give me a simple drink of water. I'm not asking a lot here. I can't even get a drink of water. And uh, you got the bucket right there, lady. Can you just get me a drink? And Lord, I, I ask you to help me, help us one and all to be willing to give people what they need. Even when we don't get what we want, Lord. Lord, help us to follow your example that, that when we're questioned or when we're doubted, that we continue to respond in love as you do here. Jesus, we just worship you and we thank you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, we, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we as we go forth today, we ask you to give us eyes that see and ears that hear. And we ask you to, to help us and to convict us to be more like our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Holy Spirit, drive us to Jesus that we might just, we just might have a greater, just a greater depth of living water, a greater depth of, of the spiritual life and of eternal life. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, help us, Holy Spirit, drive us that we might pursue Jesus, that our heart might be more for eternal life and the spiritual life and the heavenly life more and for our the earthly physical life less. Father, we love you and we bless you and we thank you. We commit this time into your hands in Jesus name. Amen and amen.